So it's the new year, and I'm not going to raise. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. But how many of you have, have have made New Year's resolutions and then broken them? I think I thought about some New Year's resolutions, and the next day I forgot that I had thought about them. Uh, and, and the reality is, this is a time where there's a lot of voices in culture in the world, maybe in your inbox. I subscribe to a number of newsletters, mostly because I did it once, and I've, I don't, I'm too lazy to press unsubscribe, but, but around this time, it comes, becomes very active, and they're like, 10 ways to live your best year ever, and 2019 is going to be the most awesomest if you do these four things, come by my seminar, or whatever it is, and, and I have personally been inundated with people trying to tell me uh, how I ought to live my life in 2019. And I'm not saying that's bad. I I certainly value wisdom. But today I want us to consider as we think about the new year and we think about the totality of what this year is going to look like, who are you going to be listening to? What is going to characterize your listening? Because we're all going to be listening to something and someone, right? We're listening to music, we're listening to media, television, We're reading things and listening in that way. And all of this is informing how we live. It's it's impacting our hearts and our souls and our minds. You know, we're not not, uh, inert individuals. We we aren't unmovable forces. When we we receive things and we hear things, they affect us. That's the way we were were made. And and, and God made us to be in relationships so that we would hear him and we'd respond and then we'd hear him and we'd respond and there'd just be this feedback loop of worship that was broken in the fall and, and so we hear a lot of other things, we end up worshiping other things and so the question is, what are you going to be listening to this year? Are you listening? So we're going to be reading out of the book of Luke, chapter 8, Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. Now, the, this passage, you can actually find similar references to it in both Mark and in Matthew. So if you want to dig a little bit deeper this, this week, you can look and see the, the perspective that Matthew gives us and the perspective that Mark gives us because it's the same content and the same uh, situation from, from two other perspectives with, with two other authors who have slightly different purposes in their writing. But it gives you some, some multifaceted understanding of this text. So go ahead and raise, uh, stand up. And we are going to read this together. Luke chapter 8, verses, verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathered and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock as it was, it was growing up <laughs> because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And he said these things he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what the parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The one along the path are those who have heard. 
Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the one on the rocks are those who, when hear the word, they receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in times of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. As for the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Father God, open our ears to hear, both today and this year. Open our, our, our hearts to respond in faith. Father, I pray that right now your Holy Spirit would be tilling the soil of our hearts as we consider the word of God, even now being cast out like seed, that it would, it would land on good soil, that it would produce fruit in us. Father God, I pray that you would root up rocky um, soil, that you would, you would make deep good soil out of rocky soil, that you would root up thorns and thistles and, and, and dead roots and weeds, the things that would prevent us from, from hearing well and responding. Holy Spirit, I ask right now and I believe by faith that you're going to meet us and that you're going to uh, plant new seeds for 2019 that will produce new fruit by your power. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for bearing with me on that passage. So I want you to consider this situation, right? This is a narrative, and we ought to try and put ourselves in the narrative to to understand and hear. And this is a particularly neat one because it's it's a little bit meta. It's self-referential. Jesus is talking about a parable, and he he says a, a number of parables, But this parable is a kind of a controlling parable that describes Jesus' interaction with the crowd. And so even as he's saying this parable, it's kind of like, this is what's happening, everyone. This is what I'm doing. I'm I'm sowing some seed, and some of you aren't hearing, and it's falling on the path, and it's being trampled. I'm sowing some more seed, and it's falling along rocky soil, and some of you are getting excited, but but there's really no root there. There's There's no depth to your faith and then he says, and I'm sowing some seed, and, and some of you I know that, that you're hearing this, you're receiving it, but you're struggling to let go of these other things. And you're, you're being pulled in, 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 a, in a tense back and forth, and because you're not letting go, you're not growing. And he says, but, but some of you, and, and specifically he's referring to his disciples, and, and hopefully he's referring to us as well, he says it, it's hitting good soil, and it's going to produce fruit, real fruit. And let me stop and say at the forefront, 2018 may have been a difficult year for you. It was a difficult year for me. I don't know about you, but it was a challenging year. And maybe you're looking at this year and either you're punch drunk and just hoping to make it, or you're on the positive side of things and you're just really hopeful. And my encouragement to you as we consider this is that if you will just listen, God will produce the fruit. You know, sometimes we, we're going to get into this, but sometimes we're, we're so zealous to, to make things happen in our hearts. And we, we, we want to do what God wants to do for us, and we fail to do what God wants us to do. 
And so my encouragement is, open your ears to listen today. So Jesus is speaking, and there's a, there's a great crowd that, that gathers around, and, and they've, been, they've been following him, and, and it says, it, it doesn't mention it here, but if you look at Mark and, and Matthew, it says that the crowd is so great, and he's, he's by the Sea of Galilee, that he actually takes a, a, a small boat and kind of pushes off a little bit so that he can have some space to speak to this, this large crowd. And so he's speaking, and you can imagine that the crowd is full of people who have, you know, have you met this Jesus guy? He's, he's kind of edgy. He's said some things that have upset the Pharisees and others. Yeah, he's, he's healed some people, and this guy got healed, and it was miraculous. And, you know, he said some pretty crazy things about who he is. And they're, they're listening, and they're excited, and they're passionate. And there are various levels of, of engagement in this, in this crowd. And as, as you're listening and thinking through this, I want you to ask yourself, be self-aware, what's my level of engagement in this? At what level am I engaging the word of God even right now? How am I listening? Am I listening for, for my spouse? Am I listening for the people around me? Is this the sort of thing where I kind of sit in a vacuum and the word happens around me? Or is this something where I'm saying, okay, here's my heart. God, do what you will with it. Right? This is the question that you want to ask yourself because Jesus is going to lay out four different categories of people who, who their, their level of engagement is different and based on that, their fruitfulness is different. This is a picture of, of Jesus' interactions with, with the crowds then and it's a picture of Jesus' interaction with, with us. The reality is, is his, his, his strategy hasn't changed. He still changes by the word of God. He still transforms lives by the word of God. There's not some sort of new, you know, it's 2019, God's got a new, new strategy. His new strategy is that we hear the word of God, we're convicted, we repent, and we live toward him. And it's not new, but it's good, and it's effective, and it's the one that God promises to, to in, in, imbue with power. This is... This is the way God does things. So Jesus says this to the crowd, and the crowd's kind of like, okay, that's cool, yeah, all right. And the interesting thing about parables is, is Jesus gave it to people as a way of, of being a bit of a, a barometer of, of where they were spiritually. To those, in, in another version of this text, it says, to those who are given much more will be given. And to those who do not have, who do not have uh, much more will be taken. And, and what he was saying was, there's some of you who are pursuing me. You're receiving from me. You're, you're hearing me with faith and you're gonna get more. And then to the others, he was saying, there's some of you who I speak in parables because there needs to be some sort of push on your part. And, and the fact that you're not getting anything out of this, that you're scratching your head, ought to be pause for you to say, why don't I get this? The parables were intended to elicit a response. It wasn't just a fun story to be heard and, oh, that was neat. You know, how often do we do that at church? We go to church, we sit down, we hear Pastor David speak or Pastor Jermaine or myself or Pastor Brett and we're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's good, that's good. And they walk, walk out and we're like, do you want to go to Burton's or Sweetwater? Or Chick-fil-A, no, it's closed. All right, well, McDonald's it is. And, and the word is gone. Right? 
But the, the disciples, they have a level of engagement and they ask, when, uh, they ask what does this even mean? Right? What, what are you trying to say to us? And I appreciate that. You know, God, God is cool with us asking questions. Sometimes, uh, maybe you've been in situations where you've been around some theologian or some person who you thought was more spiritually mature and you were afraid to ask questions because you don't like to look stupid. I've been in that situation many times. I've been in, in classes and they're just talking about things and I'm just like, I don't know what you're saying, but I'm <laughs> supposed to know. You know. Elliptical eschatology, okay. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And you kind of just, help me. It's okay. Jesus was cool with you asking questions. And in fact, he was like, if you're not asking questions, you're, you're doing it wrong. And so the disciples, the disciples they ask the question, what, what are you saying here? And so in verse 9, when his disciples asked him what the parable meant, he said, to you has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. You know, it's interesting that in verse 8, he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, the, presumably, maybe 99% of the people in the, in the crowd had ears. So I don't think what Jesus is saying, hey, if you have physical ears, then listen up. No, what he was saying is, I'm, about, I'm saying some things that matter, and, and the, the, the way it says, let him hear, that's, that's what uh, linguists, or you know, if you, you take in other languages, it's an imperative, it's a command. It's, it says, let him hear, and it kind of sounds softened, but you could hear it as, hey, listen up. And he says, he who has ears, let him hear. And so the disciples, they heed that, and they ask, and he says, to you it's been given to understand these things, in part because you've asked. That's been an expression of the fact that you've been listening. You want to know if, if you're in the group that's supposed to hear what, what has to be said, ask some questions. God, what are you trying to say here? You know, and initially when I was reading this, I got kind of hung up on it because my question was, well, Jesus, why don't you just speak plainly? And I mean, that's kind of what the disciples were saying. You know, you could have just skipped the whole parable and just told us these other things in verses 9 through 15. That would have been helpful. But there's something that Jesus was trying to get at in, in not just the brains, but the hearts of the people, that, that the parable was going to paint a picture for them and it was going to elicit a response. And he says, you were listening up, and so I'm going to explain this to you. To you it's been given to, to know the secrets of the kingdom, but for others they're in parables, so that seeing they may not see, but in hearing they may not understand. And the parable is this, Right? The seed is the word of God. Now, in other places, it just says the seed is the word. In Mark, it says the seed is the word. And, and we understand this to be the, the gospel message that Jesus is saying. Now, we can, we can step back and say this is the word of God. And, and in one sense, this is the seed, absolutely. Because this is the means by which God uses to, to grow fruit in our life. He, he, we hear the word, we respond to the word, and that response is the fruit of uh, the, the, the seed going down into our soil and, and bearing fruit, and, and absolutely. But at its core, it's this message. And I so appreciate Pastor Germain and what he had said about Jesus being king because in many of the places where Jesus talks about the gospel, you know, when we talk about the gospel, we talk about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins in our place, defeating Satan, sin, and death, rising again, uh, and, and justifying us. And, and it's great, and it talks so much about 
about our need for for reconciliation, our need to have our guilt removed, our need for how, to have our sin taken away, and absolutely, that's an aspect of it. But there's an aspect of this, this word that is the fact that Jesus is king. And when Jesus came, it says in Mark, uh, you don't have to go there, you can if you want, but Mark chapter one, one of the first things that Jesus starts to say, in verse 15, I think it is, 14, we'll start there. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee. This is kind of the inauguration of his ministry, proclaiming the gospel of God. Now, we hear that and we think, okay, Jesus died for my sins, rose again, et cetera, and so forth. But he says this, and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. See, God is establishing a kingdom. In 2019, God is not just He's not just trying to make people cleaner. Absolutely, he's, he's removing sin. He's not just trying to reconcile people. Absolutely, he's reconciling people. But he's doing it for the purpose of establishing his kingdom on earth. King Jesus is ruling and reigning. In Ephesians it says, he's been placed far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but the age to come. Jesus is king. And this is the word that he's, he's casting out. Now, think about this for a second. How many times have you had, if you're a parent or maybe as a child, you can recall a conversation with your parent or with your child where there's a question of who's in charge? You know, it's just a friendly conversation. You know, we live in a democracy, mom. We live, you know, this is is a corporate effort on our parts to, to manage this family household. No, this is the kingdom and you're not king. Now, Jesus is casting out seed. And it's not just, hey, you can be saved. Don't go to hell, go to heaven. Everybody likes heaven. We've got harps. We've got wings. We've got clouds. It's going to be awesome. No, he's saying, I'm king. I'm king. You're not king. No, I don't think he says it that way. But this is the word that's being spoken. And the question is, how, how are we going to receive that? So Jesus gives four categories that people are responding to this seed. There's first the seed along the path. Verse five describes it. And a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And Jesus goes on to explain it in verse 12. The ones along the path are those who have heard Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. That was awesome. I love that baby. (laughs) Always bring your babies. I like babies. They're great. Never feel bad about that. Um, He he says, the ones who are are receiving the seed along the path, the devil comes and takes it away. What what does that look like? When I was in, uh, in high school, I did pretty good in math because as we've established, I'm a nerd. And I liked math, but I got to a level of math that I realized was not so simple. And I understood because I had good teachers when they would explain, you know, uh, this is a theorem, da-da-da-da-da, and like these are rhyming sums, and it's totally awesome. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. You know, bar graphs and graphing and limits, it's totally cool. And then they'd send my homework, and I'd, I'd go home, and they'd be like, I'm ready to do this. What? I think I got my Egyptian homework. I don't understand this. 
And, and all of a sudden, what I thought I understood, I didn't get. And, and for the people who, who had the, the, the seed thrown and in, in, in their soul is like a, a, the path, it's, it's not so much that the devil's waiting and, and he takes it away from someone who wants to, no, give me that word, I want to keep this word. It's more like, okay, Jesus, that's cool. Yeah, Chick-fil-A would be awesome right now. Jesus, okay, yeah. Yeah, what's, what's Bill doing? Is there a game tonight? You know, and, and it's kind of this, this passive, unresponsive listening. If you've ever read a book that you don't want to read, you've done that, like, and you realize, I've read this sentence for the past five minutes. I still don't even care what it means. That's half of my college career. And we, we approach God that way sometimes. Maybe that's one of the challenges. You want to read, I'm going to read my Bible. And then you go and you do a reading plan. You're like, I need to do three chapters a day because holy people do that. And that's how you get through the entire Bible. And that's what I'm going to do. And you start in Genesis and you, you kind of like, okay, this is pretty interesting. Then you get to Exodus and you're like, oh gosh, okay. And by Leviticus, you're just like words, 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 words. Chapter four. Okay, I'm done. Right? We've all been there. In fact, if you're doing it, you might be there in February. Um, but persevere. Persevere. And so Jesus says, there are those who their hearing is such that it's not engaged. It's not active. And, and we know this. If you're married, you know this. Because there's a kind of listening that your wife likes. And there's a kind of listening where she's like, oh, you're not, okay. And then I punched you in the face. Yeah, sweetie, that's awesome. I love that. And then I choked her. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Like, you're in trouble. Okay, awesome. Like, we don't want that kind, that's not the kind of listening that leads to a relationship. Then he goes on to talk about what the seed on the rocky soil. He says in verse 6 And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, with, it withered away because it had no moisture. And he skipped down to verse 13. He, just, he explains it. And the one the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a while, and in times of testing, they fall away. Right, the picture that Jesus is trying to give of this situation is my every gardening experience. My kid will come home, and I don't know why schools do this, but they come home and they're like, I've got a bean, and it's sprouted. Come on, let's make it. I'm like, that, that bean's going to die in about a week. I'm going to try my best, son, but it's going to die. I'm not a prophet. I just know my life. And... And the reality is there, there's no depth in the soil and it, it doesn't get watered properly. I mean, it, maybe it gets watered that one time. We're like, oh no, it's about to die. And then you dump in. But for the most part, it's, as Jesus says, it, it lacks moisture. Um, it needs moisture. And, and sometimes when we, you might be in this room and you might be thinking, you know, I'm excited about 2019. I'm excited about God. And that's so good. I want you to be excited about God. You know, that's one of the reasons we, we praise and we worship is to, to lift our affections to the level that God deserves. There's nothing wrong with allowing music to lift your affections uh, proportionally to the worth of the thing that you're lifting your affections to. Now, if you're lifting your affections to, you know, whatever popular artist is and, and, and you're getting excited about it, maybe that's out of order. But, but if you're lifting your affections and you're getting excited, we're jumping up and down and raising our hands. We don't do that because we want to be weird or weird you out. If, you, if you're not from a tradition that does that, we're not trying to weird you out. We're trying to say with our body, 
that God is awesome, and the way that I express God's awesomeness is like this. Now, that is important, and joy is important, but God wants to establish a kind of faith in your life that can do this when your life is in shambles. And not just when like you've messed it up, but when God is going to allow it to get messed up. You, you, you have these situations, you know, you just went and had Christmas, so perhaps you had some interactions with family members and that created some challenges. Maybe you've got something in your body that, that creates challenges, some health issues that create challenges. Maybe it's the situation at work where you're being uh, tested, your integrity is being tested, or your, your patience is being tested. You're, you're being tested. And, and it's in those moments that when we do this, a root goes down. And our faith grows. And so maybe, you know, if you've heard this and you've been excited, I would encourage you to let your excitement and your passion be tempered by the trials that God takes you through. Not tempered in the sense that you become less joyful, but but, but that you become joyful despite. Joyful in the midst of these things. For For me, 2018 was a lot of Let's be joyful in the midst. And maybe it was for you too, being joyful in the midst. You know, it's, it's interesting that, that Paul says, rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. The encouragement to me is that he commands it because sometimes we don't want to. And he's like, I know this is hard, but this is what you need to do, rejoice. But it's not the rejoice. It's not a flippant, God, it's so good all the time. And you're like, well, yes, because you have lots of money, you have no problems, and, you know, everything's going well. But when you can worship God in the midst of suffering and and affliction, that's when you know that there's a depth to your soil. He goes on to talk about the seed in the thorny soil. And I want you to listen because I think many of us fall into this category. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And he talks about it and explains it in verse 14. And as for what what fell among the thorns, there are those who hear... But as they go on their way, they are choked by the life, by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. There is a danger that you get past category one, you get past category two, and you get Jesus, and he he, the seed germinates, and and there's some 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 roots. There's a root system that's established, but but you're you're a plant that never produces fruit. Can I say that one of the purposes of a, an apple tree is to produce, produce more apples? One of the purposes for which God has put you on this earth is to be a reflection of his glory in such a way that other people see and themselves are changed and transformed into reflections of Jesus. But the challenge, and, and it's dangerous in Northern Virginia. I don't know how, there are so many trampolines in this city. I mean... You could be a trampoline-aholic here. And when I was a kid, I had one birthday that I can remember, and it was the saddest thing ever. And I'm not saying that everyone should have sad birthdays and that makes you a better person. In fact, it, was, it made me a very sad person. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, gosh. Somebody help me. No. But there's something about luxury, about pleasure, about ease that has the danger 
of making us feel okay with ourselves. And there's a sense in which we should feel okay with ourselves. God's created us. He loves us. He, he receives us. He sent Jesus to die for our sins because he loves us. Yes, feel okay for your, with yourself in that way. But then there's a kind of, I'm awesome. I'm satisfied. This is good enough. I'm cool here that God is not happy with. God doesn't want us to settle with, with having Jesus as one of the, one of the aspects of my life. Amen. Right? You know, I'm a... I'm a computer programmer, and I'm a husband, and I go to church on Sundays, and I, I like, I like uh, sports cars, and all of those are relatively the same in the level of, of affection. And, and the lie, when I say things like that, is that it can even ever be that way. The reality is, is you and I, we're made to worship. So even if we say, you know, these are all parts of my life, something is being worshiped. A lot of times, it's us. And I, I, I understand the, the temptation because it's nice to feel good. And God has given us many things to, to feel good. I'm so thankful that, that he, he made bacon a thing. Right? And I feel like we can celebrate and worship God when we eat bacon. In moderation, you know, honoring God with our bodies. But he, gave, he could have given us not taste buds. We could have just, you know, here's your gray mush. Thanks, God, you know. Nobody gave us apples and oranges and pigs and, <laughs> and, and, but I'm, I'm being facetious, but there's a reality to the fact that God has given us things to take pleasure in. But the purpose for which we take pleasure in those things is to then look at God who made it and say, God, you're great, not bacon, you're great. But all of us have the temptation to live our lives saying, bacon, you're great, bacon, you're great, bacon, you're great, bacon, you're great. You know? Video games, you're great. Video games, you're great. Video games, you're great. Sports, you're great. Sports, you're great. Sport. Fashion, you're great. Fashion, you're great. I'm trying not to pick, you know, everyone's got an idol. Let's just throw them all in the mix. The point is, we're in a very real danger of living a life that is immature, underdeveloped, and incomplete. And... God wants so much more for you. I am I'm deeply burdened for you to know how much God has for you. How much he has for you. And it's, it's deeper than any pleasure that you or I could experience here on earth. Those things are shadows. But if, if we're satisfied with the shadows, we'll never see the light. God wants us to get out of the thorny soil. You can't, you can't leave. And the, the picture that he's trying to make here is one of, of, of there's just too much other stuff. Maybe, maybe one of the things that you need to do is figure out what things do I need to cut out this year? You can't, you can't have some weeds and some grass because eventually the weeds will take over. This kind of living requires a level of intentionality. Finally, he talks about the good soil. In verse 8. And some fell on good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And he said, and he, said he who has hear, ears to hear, let him hear. And he explains it in verse 15. As for the good soil, there are those who hearing the word hold fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. There's a kind of hearing, and this is the kind of hearing that I'm calling you to. 
There's a kind of hearing that doesn't just say, okay, there's the word of God. I heard it, and now I'm going to go eat. Or there's the word of God. That's so cool. It's awesome. I'm going to go sin. There's the word of God. That's really great, but this is my God. But there's a kind of word of God that says, this is for me. And it says, what do you need me to do? What do you want me to do? There's a, there's a kind of hearing that, that says, okay, Eddie, you're in the pages here, and you're not the good guy, right? Eddie is not uh, Jesus. It's not like, well, what, would you, it's Jesus and Eddie and everyone. No, Eddie is one of the guys in the crowd. God, what are you trying to say to me as one of the guys in the crowd? What, how do I need to change the way I respond so that I might have good soil, so that I might express the fact that you've put good soil in my soul? It, it's, it's, a, it's a hearing that takes hold, and, it's, and it takes hold with a good and an honest heart, a pure heart. And we're not just talking about, um, although we are, uh, doing these things and not looking at these things and not watching these movies. Purity of soul has to do with a desire for one thing. It's, it's an undivided heart. A good and an honest heart is a heart that says, I want God and only God. I appreciate things, these things. I, I'm so thankful for these blessings that God has given me. I don't, I don't begrudge them. I'm not weird. But I, at the end of the day, my flesh and my, 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 my soul may fail me, but God is my portion. That is an honest and good heart, and it bears fruit with patience. Let me encourage you, Christian. You, you may have to exercise some patience this year. You may have been exercising patience for the last five years waiting to see some fruit. You may have been laboring in prayer over family members who have not come to know Jesus. You may have been laboring in prayer over spouses or friends who need to know and hear. But the promise is that they will bear fruit with patience, not because of of our effort, but because of God's faithfulness. God is a good, good gardener. And he promises to help us in that regard. So as we close, I go back to the question, are you listening? For 2019, the exercise I would love for you to go through right now and then as you, as you leave church is to ask yourself or ask your spouse, are you listening? What are those controlling voices in your, I don't mean controlling like, I'm controlling you. What are those voices that control your perspective? What are those voices that control the way you're disposed toward your day? Do you wake up grumpy? You're like, oh, today's going to be hard. Do you wake up upset? You know, that person still hasn't changed. Or do you wake up thankful? God, you've given me another day, a new opportunity. And I'm not trying to diminish any of the, the challenges that we face. Not at all. But what I'm saying is, is there has to be a voice that you listen to above and beyond all the other voices. A voice that you listen to to interpret all the other voices. Are you not listening? Are you, are you do you have this unrooted listening that, that once challenges come, you're like, well, just kidding. Is it, is it half-hearted listening? Have you ever tried to listen to two people talk at the same time? It will drive you insane very quickly. The same is true of trying to listen to this and listen to the world. Right? Jesus says it another way, and you cannot serve God and, and, and money. You cannot serve God and another master. Are you listening with faithful, wholehearted listening? Everyone bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to give you guys an opportunity to respond today.
In the book of Psalms, in the book of Psalms, in the chapter 95, the psalmist has these words. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to proof, though they had seen my work. You see, in the wilderness, the Egyptians had seen God deliver them from Egypt, part the Red Sea, destroy the Egyptian army, cast down the ten plagues upon Egypt. They had seen the miracles and the power and the sovereignty of God. And yet, they found themselves in the wilderness saying, God, why won't you do X, Y, and Z? Where's the water? Where's the food? And there was a sense of disgruntledness that rose out of the fact that they did not hear well the voice of God. And the psalmist says here, if you hear his voice today, don't harden your heart. Don't say, I'll deal with that later. Don't say, I'll respond later. Don't say, I don't want to deal with that problem right now. Don't say, I don't want to give up that sin right now. Don't say, I don't, I don't want to, to lay down that idol right now. Don't say that it's not that bad. No, he says, hear the word and respond. And as Jesus said, respond in faith and repentance. Faith is trusting in Jesus Christ. Repentance is, repentance is turning away from the things that you thought were, were beneficial for your life but, but have been not beneficial, the, the idols that you've worshipped, the other things that have taken up your time and effort, and turning to God who has purchased your life by the death and burial and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. If that's you today, if you hear his voice and you want to respond, I want you to raise your hand. Once your hand's up, you can put it back down. If that's you, I want you to pray this right now. I hear your voice. God, I understand, Jesus, that you sent, or God, you sent Jesus to, to live this life of perfection that I have failed to live, of holiness and obedience, that he died on the cross for my sin, that he rose again, defeating Satan's sin and death so that I might live in relationship with you. Help me to walk this out and help me to hear well this year. Now, maybe you don't need to respond in a first-time kind of way, but I just want to give you a moment in 2019 to, to draw a line in the sand and say, this year, I want my, my life's soil to be a good soil. I want my life to be characterized by faithful wholehearted listening. If that's you, just pray with me. God, I come to you and I want to hear. I thank you that you're speaking and I pray that as I hear, I would respond in faith. I would repent where repentance is needed. I would change where change is needed. I would step out in boldness where boldness is needed. Lord, let me live a life of listening to you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As you're, as you're doing this, we're going to have some people come up and Pastor Jermaine's going to talk a little bit about that, but, but don't, don't rush out of here today. You've got time. Don't rush out. Let this be a moment that God ministers to you. If you want prayer, if you want to talk to someone, come down to the front. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to pray with you. But don't let this be a moment where it goes in one ear and out the other. Grab hold of it. 
put it in your heart and let it take root.